Hey, Magic fans, this is Kristen Ledlow from NBA TV and NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast. Now it's over to Geraint, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. Hey, Magic fans, and welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, the podcast of the Orlando Magic UK. This is episode number 95. We're recording on Friday, the 2nd of September. And on tonight's episode, we're going to uh, talk about some topics that um, our followers and friends have sent in. And we're also going to discuss the Gary Harris injury and the opening of the new Magic training facility. As always, I'm joined by Garant. G, how are you doing, mate? I'm very well, thank you, mate. Um, we haven't had a chance mate. to... Oh, thank you very much. I've been uh, trying to uh, lose some weight before we go to Orlando. We can put it straight back on. So um, <laughs> it seems. To be I think, theme, we're, I think it? we're all. Yeah, I think we're all in that boat, aren't we? Let's be honest with you. So it's, um, like, it's it's that we 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 like I've just said earlier before we went came on air. None of us want to be stood at the side of Mikey when when we're in one of the no. water parks, whipping no, no, the no, shirt no, no, off. No, no. no G- Gary's the one that's already ripped, mate. Not me. <laughs> I'll keep the t-shirt on, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mikey, how are you, mate? I'm doing well, mate. I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, training's going very well. Ready for holiday. I think it's, what, 53 days now to me and G That's fly it. out and meet you boys out there. So, yeah, we're uh, doing the countdown now. Cannot wait. And, Gary, you, you join us this week. How you doing, pal? Absolutely tip-top, mate. You're looking well. Feeling it, feeling good, man. Feeling good, like I say, making the effort, making the effort before we go away. So, Gary, you've been to uh, the GB Latvia game this week? Yeah, um, so I went to the the, the FIBA Championships. Um, it was at the Virtue Motors Arena in Newcastle. A friend of mine had got two tickets. Um, they were courtside, 17, nice. pounds, 17 pounds each for courtside wow. seats. Which... You can't follow that, can you, pal? <laughs> Kind of were right. What I would say is there was three and a half thousand people there, and when we were walking up, we were just like, "Yeah, this is like the Latvian loving." It was easily, easily two thirds at least were Latvian. Really? Who, yeah, who travelled from here, there, and everywhere. There was Pazingas jerseys all the way on the walk down. Either the the, the national kit, which is a very nice like maroon red, or Various teams that Pazingas has um, played for. There was, in some cases, DH Gate style jerseys that were kicking around where you had the Knicks one, you had the, the Wizards ones, you had Mavericks ones, but it was just all like Pazingas mania that was uh, running wild. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really, uh, it was a good game, very loud. The atmosphere there, you could tell that it, it was almost treated like a football game. Yep, yep. There was like chanting outside, there was banners, there was kids who had their faces painted up in the Latvian colours. And then, you know, there was just us little Brits just mooching along there. And then me randomly wearing an Orlando Magic jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Always represent, pal. Always represent. Uh, some uh, Latvian fan of the, they were very, they were very, very nice. The Latvian people were very, very nice. Um, at, at the end of the game, a Latvian fan said the Magic aren't playing tonight, and I was like, oh, "Really?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was just I think everybody, whenever Pazingas say when he got announced, when he touched the ball, it was just you could just feel excitement uh, build. Um, and I thought Great Britain put up a better show 
than I expected when you consider that they had Pazingas playing for them and they also had Ed Davis Bertans yeah. as well. And, you know, 87-80 and the second quarter, Britain outscored Latvia 22 to 14. Um, where it was it was a lot closer than you would think, but when it came down to the crunch or whenever they needed a bucket, the ball just went to Pazingas. And it, got that NBA quality, haven't you? That we that GB lack, unfortunately. They lack, but we don't have to lack it. I look at it. We have got eligible players. Yeah, yeah. You know. Which, yep, absolutely. And I think if we played those eligible players, we won that game. Mate, you've been the story with GB for a lot of time, Matt, unfortunately. Did you uh did you sneak any Sunderland stuff in Gow when you crossed the border into Newcastle? <laughs> I just proudly walked in myself and my presence. <laughs> <laughs> I just walked in, walked in the crane. I was like, here I am. But my friends from Sunderland as well. And yeah, we were just kind of like, yeah, we'll go in. But it was like it was more Latvian. I think it's just being like actual English in the arena. Everybody around us was Latvian, and uh, my friend said he says, "Do you think we're sat in the like the away end here?" And I was like, "You look around the stadium. I think the whole thing's the away end, really. You know, <laughs> it was it was I, great." I had a similar experience. I went to uh, the Copper Box some years back to see mm. GB play Greece, mm. and that was a heavy Greek-based uh, crowd as well. Um, Really good atmosphere. Because to be fair, even though it was a, a friendly, it was the final warm-up game I think for both teams before um, either World Cup or Eurobasket. So, and they were both going to be in the same group. So there's that little bit of edge to start with, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was the atmosphere built and built. And that was a that was a really close game as well. But again, they just had that little bit of extra quality um, that that told. But uh, does KP look ready then? NBA season? I would say so. Um, I was explaining to my friend, my friend knows a little bit about basketball and he's like, what do I need to do? And I was just watch that guy and I was said to him, in my opinion, if Pazingas hadn't had the injuries he'd had, he would be an all-star. Um, you know, he, he can do it all. He was running the floor. He looked comfortable. To be fair, um, Gabriel Olaseni, who was, you know, like the centre for the uh, Great Britain, had did a really good job. Mm. what he could do against Pazingas and it was lost in the, the stats shuffle but he he, re, he had 14 points and 6 rebounds against Pazingas which is not to be sniffed at um, I know that Miles Hessen got a lot of the uh, the love because he had 15 yeah. 8 and 8 but shooting wasn't great um, Davis Bertans to be fair to him looked as though he might have an injury um, when every near the bench every time he came to the bench they were handing him a massage belt and he was putting it on, and he just looked, he looked as though he was struggling to me. But uh, Zingas had a lot of uh, spring in his legs. There was a couple of nice dunks that he did. He was mainly getting up and down the court. There was a couple of times where he conserved energy and just kind of hung around a little bit because anticipating the ball would be turned over or such. Um, But what I would say for him as well is I was sat near enough where you could hear the interactions and such. And they had um, a lot of the people who were looking after the cleaning of the court and the ball and stuff were kids, you know, yeah. teams, 13, 14 years old. And the way Pazinga spoke to them was a credit to Latvia and to the NBA. Nice quality. It's good. Very, very um, the word I would use would be gentlemanly. 
That's good. And you, you could hear it every time. And I was just like, you know what? These kids are obviously basketball fans. And the way Pazingas was treating them, it wasn't like a brush off. It was like, do you mind? Please, thank you. And you just thought it doesn't cost anything, but that added. Absolutely. To and yeah, he ended up with 29 points, 14 rebounds. And I think at times he did it where he was just like, yeah, I'm going to hit a three now. I bet I'll get a dunk. If he wanted to get, if they played him all the minutes, he'd have, he'd have topped 40. And that's no slight on how Great Britain played because I felt um, Gabriel Olesini had a really good game against him. But Pazingas just was that NBA level star. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of NBA level stores and having really good games, anybody watching uh, Franz Wagner with Germany? Not ha- not had a chance yet. I know they play tomorrow. Is it one thirty tomorrow? They got the second game. They lost, didn't they, against France? Sorry, they beat France seventy six to sixty three. I've only watched France. odd highlights of his, of his play. Yeah, yeah. But did you watch it out of interest? Because I'm guessing it's either yeah. like the Euro Basket website or something you got to probably watched, pay a premium I watched part of the game I think they were playing Slovenia last week weren't they when uh, yeah they beat Doncic, facing Doncic they? and I think it was Germany's Twitter account tweeted out Tweet, a link yeah. and I, I clicked on that link and I, I could stream it from my phone no problem so um, yeah oh, I watched great. parts of that game but uh, yeah apart from that I've not had a <laughs> I've had a busy week so I've not had a chance to to catch much He's looking yes. good. He's, play, he's, he's playing some really nice basketball. He's uh, scoring at will, it would appear, and uh, interested to see. There seems to be a, a bit of a three-point shot developing with him. Yeah, just listen to Luke and Jonathan on the six-man show, and they touched upon it, and how well he was doing defensively as well on mm. Doncic. Um, so, so that's positive for us. So, um, no, I might check that out tomorrow. He's a, there's a nice blow-by on um, Evan Fournier, isn't there, that he's uh, that's getting a lot of publicity that uh, Franz has done. Really, some nice handles and then just blow-by Evan. Um, smashes it home. It's a really nice piece of play. Well, I'll be happy to see a few of that, a few bits of that type of action when we're over in October. It'd be, be good to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Good to see, fingers crossed, for an injury-free trip to Eurobasket for Franz. Don't jinx it, Paul. No, I'm not. Well, let's, let's, <laughs> whilst, we talk, whilst we're talking of injuries, um, we may as well get on to the Gary Harris situation. On Saturday, it was reported by Woj that uh, Magic Guard Gary Harris had suffered a torn meniscus in his left knee. Um, crushing news for a team that, at that point, were, what, 36 days away from the pre-season opener. Uh, it's now been reported that... Harris has undergone um, arthroscopic surgery to repair the knee injury. Um, so, Mikey, we'll, we'll jump onto your expertise. Talk us through that uh, injury, mate, and a bit of the rehab process. Well, I, I wouldn't call it an expertise. I'm not an arthroscopic surgeon or anything like that. But, um, <laughs> but obviously... You must have the, trained people back. Yeah, of course. I've done a lot of rehab with, with lots of people over the years. Um, and obviously... Knee injuries are a common thing for basketball players from knee sprains to ligament and meniscus tears. And obviously Gary's underwent meniscus, I can't even say it, meniscotomy. I can't even say it. There we go. I know you're going to attempt that again. Um, but yeah, essentially. Stop like, stealing my thunder a bit of messing the words up, mate. That's my job. But but essentially, if it, hopefully it's just a, a, 
a simple tear which they could just they they could just trim that off um to avoid the knee locking and to reduce any sort of pain um I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing him having surgery straight away because he could have started rehab without having the surgery mm. and then you could have the setback that if the knee was starting to lock or you were getting knee pain then he might have then required surgery a few weeks down the line. So actually having it earlier on might not be such a bad thing. And hopefully it means that he can get his recovery moving along a lot sooner. Um, so the, obviously we've not really heard whether there's any ligament damage or anything like that. And and I, and I know uh, Dylan Gallinari was earlier reported yeah. this week. I think it was the day after, wasn't it, that he'd sold his, his meniscus and now he's got, um, an ACL injury he's torn yeah. his ACL so um, it, it usually happens when you get a twist in the knee so um, the fact that he's had surgery hopefully means that he can get back and start doing some strength and conditioning stuff because that's the next stage is ideally he's going to go straight into into some strength work on that knee um, after the swelling's gone down if, then, if there's anything like that um, and the main thing is working on that stability of his hip and his knee. Because he's actually suffered. If you look at Gary Harris's injury issues over his career, he's had a lot of hip and knee niggles on and off. And he's missed stretches of games. And mm. and they're connected. Like if, if you've got weak glutes and, and weak muscles in your hip, that's going to affect your knee and your ankle and all that sort of stuff. So I'd imagine... The, the training staff will be getting him to focus a lot on on all those areas. Um, so, and I know they've said they'll monitor his treatment and the rehab, um, but I, I'm sure once he's gone through that rehab and the training staff are confident, then it's back to general strength and conditioning, working his way back onto the court and practicing. So um, I, I did a bit of research earlier, but some NBA players have returned to the court within a few weeks. Um, and others, it's been up to three or four months. So obviously there's a lot that has to go right for Gary to be back as soon as possible. But at this point, we don't know. It's it's just, no. uh, we can just hope that he's back sooner rather than later because people have been talking about him possibly starting if we want to compete from day one. Um, he's certainly going to be a key vet, but hopefully Gary can get back as soon as possible. Yeah, I think it's unlikely that we actually get to see him play, unfortunately. He, he might well, though. He, when when it it's, broke, it's, I, actually, I know it's possible, but it's. Yeah. it's I, I think it's when it broke right on the I, outside edge of it. Yeah, and I, I tweeted. I was like, probably aim for January as a rough as a rough time frame for him to come back. But look, if it's a simple tear, and and he, and the, and the condition, sorry, uh, and the strength and that stability is in his knee, and it is just a tear, then hopefully it won't be as long as people possibly anticipate, but who knows? Well, just to throw something into the mix, there's a guy here who's had it done twice. I've, I've had the, uh, the off done just to trim out a bit of cartilage. And, yep. um, you, you know, Mikey's touch upon, um, you know, some of the, uh, the strengthening, et cetera, what needs doing. When you first have it done, obviously it needs to heal properly. Uh, doesn't, you know, um, doesn't go red, you know, nothing bad. And then you do get into it. But they said to me, I could probably, you know, no, I'm no NBA athlete. I'm no, you know, I was playing five-a-side football at the time. But they said to me, six to eight weeks when I had it done. I didn't go back after six to eight weeks. I gave it 10, 12. 
um, just to start yes. running properly, etc. So what I and they they made me change my trainers because the way I was running, um, it was on a bit of a sort of a. It was it, basically it was it wasn't straight, so it was it was rotating the knee every time. So that's yeah. what messed my knee up. So I've had it done twice now, um, and I don't really want to have it done again. It's it's not that bad. Um, so when I saw it, I thought, oh, three months tops. So potentially could be back, um, but we'll see. Did you um? So did you? This going to get really technical now. But do you get flat feet? So. Yeah, so my planting when I was running wasn't yeah. flat, so I've so had to change my trainers. In. Yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so basically what's under the arch of your foot. Yeah, and again, yeah. that sort of thing can be connected with the hip as well. And if you get yeah. back pain, all that sort of stuff. Sorry, it's not turn this to a PT podcast. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah. I think it's interesting because it's, it's something that's affecting the team, and the team yeah. don't put out a lot of information about somebody's injury or what's what's going to be involved in their rehab so to talk about it as you know with G like personal experience uh, and Mikey you having done the personal training side of things and help people rehab back it's interesting for people to hear potentially what's involved and and if they're saying six to eight weeks for G who who is an athlete not quite on Gary Harris's level <laughs> All right, have you seen three point shooting no, I wasn't on about that. I was on about the bicep curls of the pints. But, um, <laughs> and still standing at the end of the night as well. Yeah, mate. But, mate, but with a gold medal, he'd be an Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> but but with with all the all the sports science and, and all the all and obviously we've got the new training centre to talk about in a minute as well. Yeah. With with all the with all the facilities and the expertise that these players have got on their side now. There's no reason why six to eight weeks isn't a realistic time frame. Again, it depends on the severity, but I, I don't think we should rule him out necessarily missing the start of the season. That's all I would say. No, I'm not saying optimist, I'm not that's saying, the optimistic. That's why I said it's on. I'm, I'm saying it's unlikely. I'm not ruling him yeah. out. No, no, yeah. I agree. No, yeah. So, right, G, I'll ask you. How much will Harris being absent affect the team on the court at the start of the new season? And as a follow-up, does it increase the pressure on Jalen Suggs to hit the, hit the ground running? Yeah, um, obviously, a lot of people had um, Harris penciled in as the start into. If we're to be as competitive as we can be, he was the best uh, floor spreader, best shooter from the corners uh, that we have on the roster. Uh, add that to the veteran leadership and defensive capabilities, etc. Um, he's someone you'd like to have on the court. So obviously a massive miss. Um, he'll still be around the locker room and you know in the facilities, etc. So um, no issues there. But onto your second point, um, it will add, give um, it will um, cause a lot more sort of uh, pressure on, on the rest of the guys. Uh, like Jalen Suggs, who you know we're looking for a big improvement from his uh, rookie season. Um, I just did a bit of a, a dive into his stats last year. Now, I think he did 34 minutes a game or so, 12 points a game, three rebounds, four assists, 1.2 steals. But the issue with Suggs last season uh, was primarily down to his um, shooting capabilities mm -hmm. and the turnovers. So three turnovers, turnovers a game, he's going to have to, you know, uh, do a little bit better there and shoot the ball better uh, if we're going to be a lot more successful this season. Um, but I don't feel like it 
it, it's just down to Jalen Suggs. Um, you've obviously got a lot of other people on the roster who are going to get more of an opportunity. Um, but the, the main question to me is, who would you start? Just say Gary Harris was the starter. Would you now start Terence Ross knowing he's capable of knocking down the three? He's got that veteran leadership. You continue, well, say continue, start with Cole and Jalen off the bench. Um, and you know that NBA defences have to uh, zone in on Terence Ross. You know you can't just you know leave him in the corner. So you've got Terence Ross, okay, he didn't have the best season last season, but we know what he's capable of. Or you've got a 21-point shooting uh, from three, Jalen Suggs. What are NBA defences going to focus on more? It's going to be Terence Ross. So the question is to you, would you? I know you guys were team call Anthony, so you would start call. I get that. <laughs> three of you, you're all smiling at me there. Um, but would you consider Terence Ross? No, not, not uh, starting. Mate. Not for me. No, I'm still. I'm. I've actually. I've got to be honest. I've kind of come around more to the thought of Jalen starting as the as the two. Welcome to um, the side, mate. And and bringing Cole on as the backup point guard to Markel uh, and playing Cole with Terence. Particularly now that um, Harris is injured. I think it, it, it perhaps gives... You put you kind of expect... I know this is going slightly off, but you kind of expect Mo to be the backup centre. Mo's a, a really good trailing three-point shooter. Um, Schumer as your backup three or four, um, providing a, a fantastic uh, disruptive defence. And I think it's easy to forget how he can shoot as well. I think that you put those as a as a second unit and you start to see some really good floor spacing amongst that, that group. So uh, that's uh, that's kind of where I'm coming with Jalen now being the starter and Cole as the backup point guard with either Harris or if he was fit, fit or now Ter- now Terence. Yeah, it's like we've got a few too many players now, isn't it? For for a, <laughs> a first five and a second five, we've got one too many, which is a nice problem to have. Well, I've, I've written an article on the website that's playing about with uh, it looks at the squad, and I've played about with some of the different rotations there's some really really interesting and entertaining ones that we could put out there but it's all on the website so if people want to check it out they can do um i guess it could be a subject for us at some point on on the pod at length uh talking about the squad we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just going back to your question then so um does it put a bit more pressure on jalen suggs yes but it also puts more pressure on the likes of Terence Ross, uh, Cole Anthony, mm. RJ Hampton, will be looking to have an opportunity. Um, even Caleb Houston, you know. So um, next man up, uh, as we know from the last two seasons. So uh, yeah, I, I I personally think that regardless of the injury, the pressure's on anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I say it, ramp it up more. If, if anything, it just gives them more more opportunity, doesn't it? Which, yeah, yeah, which is what what the young players need. More minutes. 
yeah. you know, there's more minutes to go around it. I'll be honest, G, like, it won't surprise you. I think Cole's starting anyway. Uh, alongside Markel, so that's how I think. But uh, it'll be interesting. What I would be interested in seeing um, is Paul, you were touching on there about Tumor. And I've seen some videos of him uh, training and such. And he seems to be going more and more towards this one handed three point shot. Okay. Which, you know, again, it's a limited sample. It's seconds, as you know, the same with the GI clip. But yep. that's something where I look at that and I'm kind of like, I thought he had a pretty good stroke um, towards the end of the season where we blew it all up and Tuma got a lot of the ball. So I'm interested to see what his shot looks like, if that's just a tinkering about type thing and see what happens or whether he's he has done it in games before as well. He's gone more towards that and what the logic would be within that. I think when he entered the league, his, his technique was a little unorthodox in, to begin mm. with, wasn't it? Was his hand... It was either on the top of the ball or in front of the ball, something yeah. really, really weird, really odd. And then he sort of cleaned it up a little bit. I, I don't care how it looks as long as it goes yeah. in. But... Of course, it's okay, absolutely. <laughs> three, three's a three. I don't care if it bounces off the backboard, if it rolls around the rim or uh, bounces off somebody's head to go in. I don't care as long as it, if, it's, if it's scoring. <laughs> if we were going to have 100% three-point shooters, I'd do the underarm method. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't care less a win's a win, you know? And, uh, leading on from the injury, it's like we uh, plan these things. The uh, Magic on Wednesday opened the uh, new training facility uh, to much fanfare. Um, it seems to be something that's universally popular amongst the team, the players, and uh, equally one or two other NBA players. I've noticed there's various folks have tweeted out about it. So the facility is listed as being a 70 million state-of-the-art training centre to include two practice courts, 8,000 square feet of weight rooms, recovery massage rooms, a float pod, cryotherapy, I have actually practised saying that, um, altitude chamber, which I'm really impressed to see, um, outdoor pool, turf area, sauna, steam room, uh, there's lounge areas, video room, there's a mini golf uh, in there, uh, along with multiple, oh God, I can't speak, multiple food options, including a barbecue area. So, gee, you jumped on it straight away and said, well, we're not having a uh, change of logo with it being plastered <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I noticed that straight away, one of the first comments on the uh, on the Magic Post about it. But uh, aside from that, Mikey, what was uh, your first impressions of the facility? Well, it looks very, very nice. Um You'd love a uh, you'd love a play, wouldn't you? You and you and Gary would love a play in that way. Really. Eight eight thousand square feet gym to 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 throw some 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 weights around in. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Next um, about it, Mikey, haven't we? Mate, absolutely. But so <laughs> so Gary actually sent me a picture of all the brand new shiny dumbbells with the with the logo on. Like, what do you reckon they're doing with the old ones with the old cartoony type logo? Do you reckon they can ship them over f for our little gym over here? Um, yeah, that'd be quite funny. But uh, yeah, it, it looks very good. Um, the Magic are now they've put themselves what top of the list of of all, uh, the the race to get the best training facility in the NBA. That, like you said, Paul, that they're already getting recognition from other people around the league and. And uh, they certainly put themselves on the map with with the facilities that they've got right across the the road from the Amway Centre, which 
forget all forget all the 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 nice shiny lockers and family rooms and all that sort of stuff. That for me, the biggest thing is you've got things like MRIs and all these different scans and things like that that are right there. That let's say something happens in the game, that the players are right across the road from from getting all their uh sorry getting assessed for injuries and stuff like that mm -hmm. straight away um so that's important for for getting players back up on on their feet quickly i can't talk properly tonight sorry guys um but uh yeah there's that and more than anything they've got much bigger space now to actually practice because in the in the amway sense they've they've just got the one full court in the practice facility there yeah and quite often you see clips of players practicing and you've got players on the full court, you've got players playing across the court and possibly getting in, in each other's way. Now they've they've basically what trebled that space, I think, with two full size courts and shooting courts on top of that as well. So um yeah, that they, they've got the players got everything now that they need to uh to get better. So Gary, as we've already said, there's been several NBA players tweet out about it. Um, Magic is saying it makes them a more attractive destination for players to want to come. So does this signal for you a serious intent by the Magic to become a destination of choice for free agents and the like? Yeah, um, before I go into that, Paul, I was just going to say, but you, you mentioned about the uh, the altitude chamber. Um, that's, do you know who supplied that? No, go on. Mr. Greg Anthony. Really? Oh, yeah. So know? Greg Anthony, I'm 99% positive on this. Greg Anthony's the president of a group called Altitude International. And um, they signed a deal with the Magic in 2021 to fit an altitude chamber into the training facility. So when I saw that there, I was like, that's got it. Because they were the, the Magic, I believe, were the first NBA team to take an altitude chamber. And I think the Dolphins were supplied by them as well. Um, and Greg Anthony's the uh, the president of that company. So it's kind of kept in the family. So when I saw the altitude chamber, I was like, yeah, it was right. Um, when I'd that's read up. Great, that's a great find. That. Well, <laughs> <do> that. I'm, <laughs> Mate, I'm, if for nothing else, I'm pleased to ask you to come on tonight now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of these. Very own stato. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, what it is, G, is it's. Um, I, I tried to buy shares in Altitude International because it's a penny. It was a penny stock. And I tried to buy shares and I couldn't get them. Um, and it was about ten cents a share when I tried, and then it went up to about thirty-five. And I was like, you know, I'd, I'd actually asked a couple of stockbrokers, and they just never bothered replying. So. Yeah, rats, as you would say, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when I was, I saw the list of people. Like, it's really, if you if you go on their website, it's got a lot of sports science behind it and like professors and such involved. But right at the forefront of it all is uh, is Greg Anthony. So yeah, it's it's no surprise that the Magic would be the first uh, NBA team to be uh, in with them. So just another reason why you start cool, really. Uh, that's it Mikey yeah. you're, <laughs> uh, Mikey, you're reaching out to Greg get him on here let's have a talk to him about it yeah, yeah. absolutely free plug for him there isn't it but um, yeah for the question I do think it's an attraction and I think really what we look at with the magic is we've got to maximise everything we've got because yeah. we aren't an LA team we aren't a New York team we aren't Chicago we aren't Miami so 
we don't have that natural big market appeal. So we've got to take every other asset we can get. And we do have them to to get free agents to come here. And when you look at like historically, Horace Grant was really the, the first, I would say, big free agent pickup for the team. And he came in really to play with Shaq and Penny to come off a decline in Chicago team, or as it seemed without Jordan. And then Rashad Lewis, I would say, was the other, like Hado was a good pickup and such. And you'd look at it and you'd go, Grant Hill's a rebuild, T-Mac, they got the bag thrown at them, the Magic still, I felt back then, had the um, the reputation as an up-and-coming, pretty big-hitting team. But when we got Horace Grant, we were on the way up. And then I felt Rashad, Rashad Lewis came in where we'd kind of dropped back down again. And we got both of those players off the back of, we could make a title run with like Dwight Howard, Shaq, etc. So I would say it's big for that. We've got possibly the marquee talent. When you look at Paolo, when you look at Franz, have we got that one-two punch? We've got the tax-free state. You know, Orlando's got a nice climate. It's got facilities now. And I would say what's really important is not just the facility, but it's working with um, Jamal Mosley. You know, we've all seen the Luka Doncic yeah. Hogan put two and two together and said he's coming to Orlando. But the reality is it's the 30 teams in the NBA and there's going to be WhatsApp groups, there's going to be chat, etc. And these things will carry about what the coach is like, what the organization's like, mm-hmm. what what the facilities are like. You know, you're an athlete. You've got 15 years in the NBA. Well, if you can have 15 years and you're going to be looked after in such a facility, that's that's only can be a good thing. You know, you don't want to be going into like, you know, there's a famous story um, when Roy King came into Sunderland, you know, looking at it, billion dollar, billion pound organization, as he said, and he, he looked in and straight away there was uh, wheelie bins and he went, what are they for? And they went, oh, it's the ice baths. And he apparently <laughs> he blew a gasket, ordered them to be thrown out immediately. And Sunderland then had the training ground, which had been an asset, re-upgraded under Keane with like weights and a cryo chamber and such put in on his behest. And it made it into, Mikey, you might have this muscle and fitness, but it was a selling point. And, you know, Jermaine Defoe, for example, extended because of it so for the magic if we take that down to 30 teams only pretty agent state tax up and coming Paolo Bancaro can only be a good thing for me weather don't forget the weather well the weather works for me G but not everybody <laughs> <laughs> so yes it's quality quality now we thought it'd be a little bit of fun to uh, ask our, our friends and followers uh, what they'd like us to talk about, and we got a little bit of a mailbag. Now there was uh, somebody called Gary who sent one in to start with um, about <laughs> an upcoming trip. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gary, we'll go straight to you because this is your question, isn't it, mate? <laughs> Before we had to come on, um, it could have been Gary. What we... <laughs> no, Ga- no, Gary's is coming up after Gary. Gary with an eye is coming up. Gary and I. And a lot of the questions related to the upcoming trip uh, that we've got. Um, and yours, mate, was what are we most looking forward to? Non-magic activity. So mm-hmm. uh, start yourself, Gary. Go on, what's what's yours? I wouldn't class it as a not. I would. I would say it's a non-magic activity in a way, but it's going to be good to catch up and meet people. As well, um, so seeing you guys, seeing others who are coming over, um, catching up with Cortez when I'm out there as well, 
that's big for me. I'm really looking forward to trying the Halloween Horror Nights because I've never been able to experience that. So that's on the I really want to do that list. And then just getting back into Gideon's, which I've been selling my Gion via text for it. So, yeah, just getting into Gideon's, really, um, and getting one of those cookies and such and a night row brew coffee. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm all about the uh, Velocicoaster Coaster and uh, the Rise of the Resistance. They're, they're both were being developed last time I was over, and I was sort of looking longingly through uh, construction walls thinking, oh, desperate to get onto those and i'm that generation where star wars was the the film that i grew up watching um i remember sitting in the cinema in 1977 and being absolutely blown away by the spaceship coming over in the opening scene and i've been ridiculously addicted to star wars ever since so that's going to be massive for me um are you gonna yeah, have I your own you. are you gonna get your own lightsaber um no not at the price of those not a chance not a chance. I'm, I'm retired, you know. I'm a pensioner. <laughs> <laughs> you are there. <laughs> you are there, G, are you? No, no, no. Too expensive, isn't it? I got it's a ridiculous price. Uh, and, and, we, and we're getting hammered by that exchange rate as well, aren't we? So, G, what, what's, what's for you, mate? Go on. Well, it's, it's a little bit different for me. Non-magic yeah. activity. I know, I know, I know. And we um, all know so, you don't believe there is anything such as a non-magic activity in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very true. No, well, for the first time, I'm bringing uh, the kids over. So it's their first time at Walt Disney World. We're obviously not doing uh, the Universal Parks and Busch Garden, SeaWorld, etc. So no uh, massive roller, co- roller coasters for, for us this year, unfortunately. So it'll just be about seeing the uh, little kids' faces, you know, when they see Mickey Mouse and um on the tower of terror uh just seeing their little faces uh, their reactions to everything really obviously catching up with friends looking forward to see daniel durham um all the guys that are you know at the magic dan savage simon the music guy etc etc and obviously hanging out with you guys so uh, no i can't wait can't wait go on mikey just the same as G. like i said it's lily's first time going so uh, i'm looking forward to seeing her face light up at going to Disney World, which is going to be good fun. Um, I've already got a massive food bucket list. <laughs> There's a surprise. <laughs> That's you and my daughter both, isn't it, mate? Yeah. You, uh, you're almost to the point of comparing lists, I think it is now. It's, it's pretty much a daily activity of watching Page and Mr. Morrow on YouTube and Molly on, uh, what's her on new the channel Mammoth called? Club. The, Mammoth the Mammoth Club. Club. Uh, who else have we been watching? PC Dev. We've gone recently. The Lodge guys as well. We've been yeah, we've, of theirs, we've, been, we? we've been watching a few of them. So I've been like, oh, I'll add that treat to the list as well. So uh, yeah, Gideon's Cookies is definitely on the list. Everglaze <laughs> bonus. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, getting to meet getting to meet some of the people we haven't met before. And then we've got people like J- uh, Sean and JC, who we met when we went over for the yep. playoffs last time. So uh, it'd be good to catch up with those guys again. And uh, yeah, catch some magic games. But uh, I've already got, this is good parenting, by the way. Lily's, what, three, a couple of weeks before we go out. Paul's, Paul's seen this. I think G has I, as well. Yeah, I get daily videos. In fact, to be fair, I get regular phone calls from you, don't I? Where Lily starts the phone call by, by, by chanting. Chanting, let's go magic at the top of her lungs, walking around in her jersey. Whilst clapping. 
while and clapping as well. She's got the clapping down as well. So, In fact, uh, that, that was my fault, wasn't it? I introduced that. I told her you've got to, <laughs> I did say you've got it. We clap when we're set, when we're doing the Let's Go Magic oh, yeah. in between, we clap. So she's now doing the clapping as well, bless her. She, she's already for it. it. Yeah, can't wait, man. Loving it. So then we got one from uh, Gary Clark. He's asking um, if you've been to any other NBA arenas. Uh, no, is my answer. Um, I've seen games over here, but uh, I've not been to any others. So I don't know about you, Gary. I know G and Mikey, you both have. I have as well, yeah. Um, All right, okay. So I went into the Hornets' old arena in the... Charlotte Coliseum? Yeah, there was the old hive, basically. Um, So you look at the... I'm going to say here the bloody Divac time period, round about then. Uh, and I got like a quick, like my, my half cousin just took me up and sweet talk the security guy and this like old Paul Blatt character kind of was like, follow me quick, took me in, went, there's the court, there's the stands, right? Get out before I get in trouble. And then uh, <laughs> so I had that. And then um, when I was in New York, I caught the Knicks versus the Bucks. Um, and that was with Carmelo Anthony playing for the Knicks. And I was in Toronto and it was the Chris Bosch era. And I saw them lose to the Pistons in uh, Toronto. And I will say, and I was with my dad for like all three. So I've been to Magic Games with him. I've been to the Raptors game and I've been to the Knicks. My dad hasn't really got any skin in the game or anything. And he said he, he couldn't, he thought the um, old arena was the loudest of the three. So he said, you know, when you think about like Jurassic Park before it existed and you think like MSG and the Knicks were caught, then he went Orlando and McGrady was playing, was louder than those. Interesting, interesting. Now, Mikey and G, you've both been to say to the same game, haven't you? Memory serves me right, so you've told before. Twice. Yeah, um, we were both on the same trip. Twenty, what was it? Twenty fourteen, Mikey. Thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Yeah, we both attended the Magic at Net at the Barclays Centre, and we probably walked past each other because there were so many Nets fans there. And literally, if you saw a Magic fan, you just fist bumped them. You know, a go Magic sort of thing. This was um, when the team had Glenn Big Baby Davis, JJ Reddick. Uh, Nick Vucevic, etc. You know, straight after the Dwight Howard years, um, and then a couple of nights later, we faced the New York Knicks at MSG. I think that's the game uh, Mikey's favourite got injured, uh, and we did have a first half lead, if I'm not mistaken. The Reddick started going off, but we ended up losing. Um, I let Mikey. Um, do you want to say anything about that? Your favourite well, player. Yeah, <laughs> this is just outrageous. Isn't to be it fair, true, Mike, that, that you've got a, you've got a pillowcase with Big Baby Davis's face on it? I, I have, <laughs> I have, and and I and I've got my jersey. I didn't really sell it. I converted that into another pillowcase. No, I didn't. <laughs> but like I said to you guys before, that was the trip that I bought a Big Baby Davis jersey. <laughs> But what, you else? Know what this never <laughs> but what else did I have to choose from? We just drafted Andrew Nicholson, if I think if I remember rightly. Jameer Jameer yeah. was on his way out. JJ was on his way out. Turk yeah. was on his way out. We had Aaron Aflolo. 
and I can't remember who else was on that team now, off the top of my head. Gustave. Moharkless. To be fair, Mo we had Vooch back then, but we didn't really know what we had with Vooch because that was his first season. So I was like, I've got everyone else's jerseys I really know, so I'll, I'll get Big Baby, <laughs> but never mind. Um <laughs> Yeah, but what's but we, I think we've told the story before. But yeah, but what was funny is like we were both at the same two games three yeah. years before we actually met each other at the London game and never realised yeah. till about I don't know three years after that was it until yeah. we were chatting one day and we're like we were at the same games so that's crazy. And then we uh, even yeah. went into our photos, didn't we? And we were like, you took a photo, and I was like, I was down there. There's yeah. a photo of me there. I, I think photo. I can actually see you in one of my photos sat near the yeah. magic bench. But, uh, and yeah, and then I flew up to Boston, see the magic get battered against the Celtics and KG and Paul Pierce and, and those guys. Um, yeah, Boston was all right. I got a bit of, I was, I, I think you were probably the same at the next game, G. You got a bit of stick leaving the arena. Yeah. Wearing your magic stuff. I mean, was to be expected on the road, I suppose. But yeah, it was all right. It was good fun. I had a few drinks. Yeah. That, you've that also helps. been. You've also been to the Miami. Yeah, we've both I've, been. Well, yeah. we've, we've both, both been, been there, on, on separate occasions, isn't it? I watched the Magic play the Heat, and it was the we were the Magic were playing the Heat. So Daniel, uh, Amy, myself, and Rihanna uh, drove down to Miami. We stayed overnight, um, and it was the day that the Heat basically. Um, it was a year after LeBron. And they missed the playoffs. They beat us that night, but we were in a section in the lower bowl, and there was a couple of college guys, Magic fans there, and we started a chant midway through the third quarter because the other results weren't going the, the right way for the Heat. No more playoffs. And about there was a guy, probably a scrawny little teenage guy, right, about ten rows in front of us, turned around and started shouting at us, like, "What are you doing here?" And um, yeah, he, he didn't take to it very well at all. So, uh, and if you actually go back on League Pass, you can just about hear us shouting no more playoffs to uh, some of the Miami fans in the background. <laughs> some people have uh, no sense of humor, have they? No, I know, I know. So, well, no, uh, we've said it before, it's what sport, the sports over here is what it's about, that banter between fans. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think it always trans- translates across the, uh, the pond there. It's just yes, a- Amy was nudging me and telling me, shut up, shut up, shut up. We're going to get killed. <laughs> but, um, no, a bit of banter, wasn't it? So it was good fun. Yeah. But other than that, it's just the arena and obviously Amway Centre. That's right. You yeah. know what we can do in October, can't you? So if, we, if I think we are sat near each other for the first game, for the Hornets game. We are, yeah. Well, eventually. We can start something, Paul. <laughs> With some, if there's any Hornets fans or if there's a Lakers jersey in the crowd, we can give them a load of, uh, I'll keep it clean, give them a load of grief and then we'll just stick G in front of us and let them deal with it. <laughs> can, we, can we do it after we've uh, been involved with Dante? We're not doing it beforehand. We're not getting kicked out before that. Hey, that would mo- that would make a moment with Dante, wouldn't it? Can you imagine that G getting carried out by security. Oh dear, My- Miami's Miami's a good place to watch basketball, though. It's better if, better if the Magic win that. I-, I think I told you about the story when when we went. So that was the yeah. same trip. Yeah. I bought my big baby j- jersey in Orlando. <laughs> went to Miami. Went to New York and all that. And. uh we we had a friend who was working in Miami 
And uh, he saw that we were in Miami on Facebook because Becky checked us in and uh, he messaged us. And so we went out for a, we went out for a meal with him the night before the game. And he said, well, if you go in, a little bit of advice, leave a few minutes early and grab a taxi because they're really difficult to get hold of. And we were staying out on South Beach. And um, we're sat there. They played the Raptors and I think it was LeBron, Ray Allen and D-Wade, Bosch, that, that team. I think they were, I think it was the year... They won it back to back. It's the second season. And uh, we're into like a minute left in the game. Miami were losing by, I don't know, I think it's six or eight or something off that, off the top of my head. And uh, Miami turned the ball over. And you're like, right, that's it. They'll run the clock down, game over. So we, we get out of our seats, leave the arena, go down the escalators. You remember, G, you go down the escalators, out the front doors, walk down the steps. And, uh, there's normally a queue of taxis. We've got in the taxi and the taxi driver's got the game on the radio. Anyway, sh- long story short, Miami tie the game and it goes to overtime. So we're in a race to get back to South Beach in the, in the taxi. And we sit and watch the last two minutes of overtime on the telly in the bar in the hotel. And we sit there, put the program down whilst we order a drink. And the guy's looking at us and looking at, looking at the game on the telly. He's like, aren't you supposed to be there? I was like, don't talk to me about that. <laughs> I think Miami come from behind <laughs> to win the game. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's, it's a bit like the Liverpool game the other night. Never leave a game early. Yeah. It's a golden rule, mate. It's a golden yeah. rule. Never do it. Uh, but, I mean, for me, um, you, I think you, you've both been to the two arenas I would like to go to. Um, I'd like to go to the TD Gardens. I'd like to go to the MSG. Um, I understand that Atlanta is also a cracking venue to go to uh, everybody I know who's been there said it's a really good um, arena to visit so that's kind of on the list as well I think I might end up with a divorce if I actually do that on this trip though because we are over there for that <laughs> Arctic game well, well, well you've got three other people on here mate that we can, we'll all chip in and join you so. <laughs> well, yeah, as long as, might, as, long as the wife and kids well make it back holiday. home yeah, might not end well for the holiday for me on that one. <laughs> there. So, yeah, we've uh, also got one in from Sean, also known as Michael J. Fox, um, who's going to be out on the trip with us, asking about game day routines, uh, pre-game, uh, once you're in the Amway. Gary, as you've been the most recent to be in the Amway, what was uh, what was your routine before the games? Um, basically, I just I met up with Cortez when I was out there and I was taken to uh, Gringo's Locals. Um, where there was some delightful um, tackles on on there, so Mikey had that to your list as well. And um, yeah, got some tackles, and then instead of going to Harry Buffalo's, we went to the lodge, and I had a few pints in the lodge, and then um, just had a little leisurely stroll up to the uh, the game, and you know went in, had a quick look at the merchant. I didn't go to the main shop; I went onto a uh, like one of the stalls. Mm, yep, yep was working I went to that one and you know just got my eye on a couple of items and then decided to take my seat and was uh, joined by Connell very briefly you know gee what's uh, what's your go-to well typically if you're going out and having a few beers you go to Harry Buffalo beforehand for a few obviously uh, when when the arena opens straight to the team store and spend all of your money um, and, then, the and then you just yeah, I, and everything else, and everything has else. has to be done, doesn't it? it? has to be done. I know, I know. That, that team shop won't know what's hit them when we come in October. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and then I, I do like to have a little wander around the, um, you know, inside and just have a look what's been updated on the history sort of part. Um, see, see what else is new there. And um, just go to the baseline bar, really, wait for the game and then get out, you know, and watch the warm-ups as soon as you can, really. And obviously, you've got to be in your seat for the player introductions and the light, lights go down, yep. you know. That, that that's obviously something special, something you know, big part of um, my game day. What about you for um, half time and post game, Mikey? Anything particular? Food. <laughs> 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 what, what foods on offer? What's that, what's available? Are you are you, are you not watching the no. half time show, mate? No, do you know what? And you guys are probably the same. We've been to so many games over the years. I think I'm probably close to 45 50 by the time we've come back from in in november um I've, I've seen most of them you know what it's like watching league pass live as well and you get the live stream in the arenas yeah so there's only so many times you can watch like the bloke with the chihuahua and red panda. panda red panda and all of those are you, so, are you oh, telling me that the uh the local dance school recital doesn't uh do it for you mate no no, it doesn't really. hold your attention. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, no half time. Find some food. Grab my seat early. I don't like miss. I, I don't like miss. I'm not one of these that like. Apart from game three, where I left my seat too early. <laughs> but, but that's because we were different dr- story. That was because we were drinking too early and I couldn't hold it any longer. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't like missing action. So yeah, I will get my seat early sitting there to half time, grab some food and uh, get back on my seat. Cause it, it's funny, isn't it? Like Gary's talking about the old, um, the old Amway arena. Like that was always full. Like when, when we were good, like it was, it was always full. Like the start of the third quarter, everyone was back in their seats. Cause you're there to watch the game. The only thing with these new arenas now is cause there's so many things to see and do around the arena. That's the only thing is like the start, the start of the third quarter and the arena is like half empty because everyone's still in, in the Phil's Ultimate Lounge or grabbing drinks and playing games on the concourse and whatnot. So, um, yeah, but no, I like I like taking all the action in. We're only there for yeah, four I'm, games. So you've got to make the most of it. I like to be uh, in to watch the warm-ups and as G said, national anthems and uh, player introductions. It's all part of it. But uh, I'm, I'm one of these that whenever, we always go in via the team store entrance. Every time. That's, yeah. Every single time. That's that's the way in for me. Has to, has to be. And uh, like G said, always end up spending way, way too much money. The worst experience though, and I, it, it is one of these things that you've got, I mentioned item of the game. I remember we, we were over there in 2018, first, first three games each time we'd been in uh, buying stuff game and um, we bought the item in the game first the first game we'd been in and we'd oh, virtually cleared the store out and spent an absolute ridiculous amount of money we walked into game four and they didn't have a specific item of the game the item of the game was 25 percent off across every item in the store oh. <laughs> i will not repeat what i actually uttered to my missus about that one. But well, luckily the exchange say, rate was better at that point, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> let's just say I I could have cried quite happily. I could have quite, uh, sat there and cried. That was... I didn't realise that that would be 
that that was an item of the game potentially that they uh, reduced. Mm. So I may just actually hold off buying an awful lot this time around until we we are on the final game, the Houston Rockets game, and then if they've not done something like that, then I spend. So we'll, the see. Other, we'll see. The other thing that we did in 2019 when we all went over that actually was wasn't about, and this is a good little tip if. <laughs> If you go to the game and you go to the team store beforehand, it's normally very busy. So if you want a bit of chill time and you want to take your time in the team store, go to the arena earlier in the day yeah. when nobody else is there and you've got the whole store to yourself pretty much, which is what we did, didn't we, on the, the day of game three. So uh, yeah, that's a good little we tip. We did. Gary, it's going to be your first experience of the Ultimate Lounge, isn't it, mate? You've not done that before, I don't think. No, I'm, I'm I'm not sure what to expect, really. So any uh, insights would be uh, appreciated. The only, the only thing I will say is that uh, when we've done it, we have one rule. If the arena opens at 5.30, you are there at 5.30 and you're the first to the buffet. Is it a good buffet? Oh, mate, yeah. Oh, nice, yeah. nice food. Nice yeah. food. But you're first to the buffet because, one, it's fresh. Mm-hmm. Two, you get a table. And three... By the time players start coming out and you can perhaps have that interaction in the tunnel, you've had your snap and you've not missed out on the food so you can see all the action. Nice. Um, and then at half time, make sure you're in the right position. You, you know, you might end up uh, on the screen for, for Dante's half time interview if you, if you position yourself right, mate. I'll do my best. Um, I know me and Gary Clark are in for that one. Um, I sat next to each other for us and... He's staying in my hotel as well, and it's my last night in Orlando as well. So it's going to be, it's going to be pretty good, I think. Well, I, I should be dropping you messages telling you to uh, nip in and fetch uh, extra boxes of the popcorn because my daughter can get through <laughs> popcorn at a basketball game like nobody. Like, she's like a locust going through a field. It's ridiculous, honestly. So yeah, you'll be bringing a uh, popcorn across to me. That's totally fine. To be honest, I was going to say when and, and skittles as well. I'll be having the skittles, mate. Hey. Get me at the list out, but if 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 they've got anything about them in the magic um, merchandising department, they would just release both of those jerseys for when we are out there because they've automatically got about probably fifty jerseys sold straight away. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're listening to this, that's what you can do. That's what they need to do. One of the other questions that came in also from Sean was asking about other magic content that you guys recommend now. I don't make any pretense. I, I rarely listen to anything else. So I'm absolutely no help, help to Sean here at all. So, guys, is there anything that you was perhaps a little bit more left field outside of, you know, you, the stuff that everybody knows about that you listen to or watch? Yeah, I mean, the, the standard content, you know, the, the best, I believe, is the six-man show and obviously the Ozone podcast, Locked yeah. on Magic, uh, Philip rossman Reich's very good. Um, and then... After that, you're into Mikey's realms when he's listening to these random podcasts, uh, you know. <laughs> not, not anymore. Not anymore. No? I used to. And then, and then you've got the, the Court Cousins, the Close Up Magic. Yeah. Uh, there's a new yeah. one, Where the Magic Happens. They've obviously got the Magic Pod Squad with Dante. Um, apology for if I forgot any of the other Penny and Pops as well. So uh, there's loads of, loads of really good Magic podcasts. Um yeah, and then on top of that, I tend to listen to like Zach Lowe, uh, yeah, no, Brian Windhorst. Brian Windhorst, even though he's a bit of a windbag, a brown a brown nose for a certain player in the Lakers. But uh, <laughs> other than that, <laughs> yeah. 
But, uh, okay, one other. And this is from Jacob. And we'll do this one quick fire. It's way too early predictions for the winners of the NBA awards. So, G, MVP. Oh, gosh. Right, I'll go with something different from some of these won it. I'd probably say Giannis, but let's go Joel MD. Okay, Gary? Um, Giannis, probably. Okay. I'll stick what I said on the Ozone pod, Joel Embiid. I'll go different. I'm going Steph. I'm going different. I'm going Steph. Okay, most improved, Gary. Oh, I've got a list of three here. So if I'm going to go Homer, I think Wendell's got a shout, given the way he ended the season. Um, if I'm looking at recent trades that have happened, I think it's worth considering the minutes that Colin Sexton's going to get in Utah and the mm. staff that might allow him to put up, but it's going to be on a losing team. So I think if you're looking at a team who's probably going to be in the spotlight, um, who's probably going to look to go deep in the playoffs, I think Tyrese Maxey might have a shot. Interesting. Mikey? I'm going to go a little bit different, and I think Gary might enjoy this one. Lamelo Ball. He's who I think is going to win most improved this year. Yeah. That is different. That is left field. Yeah. G? Yeah, that'd be quite a jump, that one, because he's already quite good. Um, I'm going to go with a homer selection and go Markel Fultz. Because <laughs> I thought he <laughs> no, should have won it last year. No, really? I thought he should have. Well. I, I thought he could have won it last year had he not got, you know, injured or the year before, whatever it was. Had he yeah, played Fultz. most of the season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about, you, what about you, Paul? Yeah. Oh, I ain't done it, Um Do you know what? I actually, I, I actually like your shout to Tyrese Maxey. I think that's a good shout. I like that one. Mm. Yeah. Because like you say, he's going to be in the spotlight. Yeah. That's uh, Yeah, good shout. I like that one. So, let's go with uh, sixth man. Mikey. Oh, do you know what? Come back to me because I wrote okay. it down earlier. I wrote it down a list of three and I've lost it. Hold on. Um, Jordan Poole. That's good shout. That's a good shout. Gary? Again, looking at teams who are going to have spotlights and who are going to win if he stays healthy, I think Malcolm Brogdon. We have the same one. Yeah. We have the same one. Mikey? Jordan Poole was my name. That was the guy. Okay. Yeah, because again, I can see that. So, Defensive Player of the Year. Let's go with uh, Gary. You can have first shot, mate. Right. Um, I'm going all the time for spotlights. And I think it's possibly Ben Simmons. But if I was going to go with a guy who got a lot of hype last season, it was Robert Williams. And there seemed to be that. I think the media's got a bit of a love in with Boston at the minute. You know, perhaps rightly so, you know. But I think Boston might he he was getting a lot of uh hype towards the end of the season. G, where are we going? I'm going Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. People have Come forgotten by. about forgotten about him a little bit, perhaps. So uh, if he, you know, stays on the court, plays some games, I'll go with Kawhi Leonard. Good shout. Oh, I hadn't thought of him. Mikey? I am going Marcus Smart to win it two years in a row. Same, similar sort of reasons Gary's on about. The Celtics have got a bit of the spotlight. I think he's going to win it again. 
see, Marcus Smart was where I, I, I was. Um, whether or not I think he is actually the the best defensive player, but that's where I was kind of aiming. But do like G's uh, Kawhi Leonard shout. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. I do like that one. I'll stick. I'll stick with Smart. I'll stick with Smart on based on that's what I've got written down here. So um, we'll not ask who's winning Rookie of the Year. We'll ask who's winning Runner Up. Because I'm sure that we're all going in well. <laughs> now, rookie, rookie of the year. I'm guessing that we're all homers. Yeah, we are. Caleb Houston. <laughs> no. I'm guessing that it's four, it's four Paolos. Yeah. Yeah. Who would be then your runner-up? I think um, Murray's got a good shout for it. Mm. That's who I've got as well, Keegan that's, Murray. That's a good shout. Yeah. I, th- I think if, Sac- if Sacramento make the playoffs or the playing, don't be surprised if he gets the rookie of the year because the media making such a big thing about it and exposure. Yeah. I think another guy who could win it possibly is uh, Jaden Ivey for the same reasons. If Detroit make the playoffs and the fact there's going to be like a, I think there's going to be more focus on Kid this season. You know, I did wonder about, I've got to be honest, I did wonder about Cade for most improved as well. Mm. I know he had a good se- season, but I did wonder about him in that in that category as well, because simply of the the loving that there is amongst the NBA media with with him and uh, his play. So well, I, I guess, go on, if ben, yeah. Simmons, yeah, if ben Simmons comes back and starts yeah. numbers up the media will give it to Ben Simmons the most improved you know and I guess it's uh, something that we're going to have to mention I know it doesn't relate to the magic but I can uh, sort of drag it in um, the trade that came in last night Utah and Cleveland any opinions on the uh, the haul for either team Gary um, I think Cleveland's just put themselves into the top four of the East, probably. Yeah. And they've made themselves relevant. They've got that piece. Um, you look at their backcourt and you think, well, on paper to watch, Garland and uh, Mitchell are going to be exciting. And then yeah. they've got, you've got the interior D. And I hate to be the one who says it, but I don't know what LeBron's situation is, but if you were LeBron and wanted to end your career, there's a small yeah. point. Lot. Yeah, well, he's just not been, been in now. Two tweets about right? that. Has he? I don't know. I was just looking he's at it. He's in. I think he's got another two seasons now with the. Uh, yeah. But he's everybody's the, unhappy about uh, that. Yeah, Mikey, what's your thoughts for the uh, Utah side of things on the whole that they gained? Well, they, they've set themselves up perfectly for the rebuild, yeah. haven't they? What was what was it? Four first round picks for Gobert plus plus three in this deal and two pick swaps. I mean, yeah. And, the, and then they're unprotected and you, as well, aren't they? These picks that they've, they've picked up on this one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's one hell of a haul for a team that's that's re- and and then we're going to touch about touch on this in a minute. But then they've still got players that they can still move that are going to get some value as well. Jordan Clarkson, yeah. Bogdanovich, and Mike Conley. Um, yeah, I, I really like it for Utah. I, I think it's a, I think it's a win-win. I think I actually like it. No, I don't. I, no, I'm not going to say that. I wouldn't say it's more one team's better off than the other. The, the I think two it's. End, I, there are two ends of the. I spectrum, think it's a trade where both teams have won. 
Yeah, mm. they have. I think it's. Yeah. I think it's. Cleveland have got what they needed for now, and Utah have got what they needed for a rebuild. Uh, it's it's one of those trades where you look and think, yeah, you you you've both done well out of it. So, gee, we've just mentioned that uh, the reports are that Utah are still shopping other names around. Uh, Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, and Jordan Clarkson. Any anybody veteran wise out of that? Fancy landing in Orlando? That's how I've managed to work it in. <laughs> 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 no, the most it's, tenuous it's, of links here. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit too early for us. Um, but we're going back to that deal. Um, I thought that Utah could have got better players. Perhaps you know, Mark and him really he's all right. Um, and Sexton, you know, I don't know. I, I think they could have got somebody just a little bit better. I know they got potential, and I like the picks that they've got, but you know, I mean, and the Knicks shot themselves in the foot when they, you know, re signed um RJ Barrett, um, and that kind of put the brakes on that. So it's a good deal for both teams as, as you said but I don't know Donovan Mitchell just maybe a little bit more for me um, but going back to those players yeah you expect them to be shipped now expect the likes of Miami you know probably the Lakers who will probably try and ship a second round pick for one of them with Jordan Clarkson <laughs> or somebody bound to happen isn't it let's be honest um, <laughs> the call it's a fire sale now for the now. Jazz yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the, what's the NBA media going to do with a Bleacher Report now that uh, he's not available to be the makeshift in every deal that the uh, that they cook that they cook up for the Lakers? It'll be Austin Reeves next, the next big thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, would you out of those who would you actually take if you had the choice? Oh, Clarkson was a former six man with the shooting and veteran experience. I think he's the best of the bunch. I mean, Con- Conley's obviously an aging vet. Um, like I said, you could probably see him on, on a Miami kind of team. Bogdanovich, uh, you know, he's not great defensively, but he can put the ball in the hoop. Um, but I, I, Clarkson's got the most value there for me. Um, when we're going through the six man of the year, you know, I strongly considered him based on his performances the last couple of seasons. But chances are he, he might get the nod to start based on you know what they've got left. So um, I think Clarkson's the most valuable and um, the best of the bunch. I, I think Quality. I think if it wasn't for the contract, I'd like Mike Conley on this team. If it wasn't for the contract, and obviously you wouldn't expect you wouldn't want yeah, him to contract. play a lot of you wouldn't necessarily want him to play a lot of minutes, but certainly playing a similar sort of role to, to T. Ross or Gary Harris in terms of we, we've only got two vets on this team. Do you know what I mean? Then I, I, I do think that that's valuable. Mike Conley's had a good career. Um, yeah, that's where that's but, where I wondered about uh, when we worked in with 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 those names to bring in that veteran experience. That, as you say, we've only got two. What what this does though, if you look at this from the Cleveland's point of view, is that this could be us in a year or two. Like yeah. you, you figure out those two or three star players that you've got, and then the next player, <coughs> Luca, um, becomes available. <laughs> this is that's the sort of deal that you can position yourself for. So um, and and Donovan Mitchell's age also fits the timeline of of the rest of the Cleveland players, doesn't yeah. he? So yeah. 
it's been said before, hasn't it? That, uh, I think you were one of the first people I heard actually say it, Gary, that you see no reason why the Magic can't do what Cleveland did and make that jump this season um, for the additional wins. So, yeah, it's, it's, I agree, Mikey. It's something that you look at and think, why why isn't that us in at the end of this coming season or further on? The the problem I think we've got is is how deep the East is now. Yeah. You know, because Cleveland were one of those teams who you were kind of like, after LeBron, you were kind of writing them as a, you know, like outside the playoffs team. And then there was the whole, have the Nets going to, are they going to blow it up and drop out and such? And really it's what's happened in Charlotte. They look as though they're a team who would struggle to get in the playoffs right now. And I think us in Detroit will be kind of trying to nip for a play-in because Atlanta will have improved, you know, going forward. The Knicks are a bit of an anomaly. They could go anywhere. But I think Charlotte and Washington are the two teams who I think stocks dropped yeah. in the East for me. Um, and I think we've got a better, as have um, Detroit. And we're the teams knocking on the door now to try and uh, break in. It's, I think it's going to be a fascinating season, really do, and uh, very much looking forward to us all being there to experience the start of it together. So, to everybody, as always, thank you for watching and listening. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, all at Orlando Magic UK. And for the latest news, visit our website, OrlandoMagicUK.com. So, from Geraint, Mikey, Gary, and myself, until next time, go Magic.